0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. It's your girl, Jacqueline, alongside my lovely and talented co-host, Mr. Mark Ellis.
2: Jacqueline, uh, hey, um, I don't know if you saw this um, a couple days ago, but did you know that the Oscar nominations were announced?
0: (laughs) I, You know... I did see something about that on my calendar okay yeah, I, I just know. have one
2: question I know you've been you, you've been you've been inundated in this I just can I ask you mm-hmm. one question about the nominations sure. that I have to get off my chest okay why is licorice pizza a harder movie to make than Dune <laughs> <laughs>
0: those those nominations were so chaotic like Denny of literally like put the entire desert and and Frank Herbert's movie on his back and made it watchable (laughs) after the first one. And he couldn't even score a director nomination. And he is like the Susan Lucci of best director, poor guy. Just poor, we, poor man. We Makes need these a rule. Like, Paul and Thomas Anderson should nom. only
2: be able to make a movie once every five years so other directors can get a shot at getting nominated. Because yeah. look, I'm sure the guy's movies are great, but he just takes a bunch of famous people, puts them on a street corner in Tarzana. There's your movie. <laughs> then he go a do, create like a whole world and the guy can't get a sniff at the Oscars. Come on.
0: They like PTA, man. And as somebody who is like the hugest, look, the man can make Phantom Thread, which is basically a love letter to, you know, seamstresses, and he can make a porno movie. I'm sorry. The man has range. Give him (laughs) his credit, okay? Made Boogie Nights, come on. I'll give
2: Paul Anderson credit for making Mortal Kombat, the movie that should have won all those Oscars.
0: Listen, well, you know what? Paul Anderson probably is the guy who thinks that our director today is his version of PTA because, folks, we're talking about Transformers. That's right, the 58% rotten, 85% audience score Film that spawned a franchise that some people wish was deader than Pet Cemetery. Shout out to Eric Barber, who said that Megan Fox was his 15 year old love, and he was the one that gave us uh, this sort of recommendation to do this one today. I'm looking forward to this one today. If nothing else, because of our guests that we have today, we've enjoyed them individually, but now we have them as the duo. They were always meant to be. That's why right. Jay Washington and Winston A. Marshall from Blurts in the Hood are here. Gentlemen, how y'all doing?
3: I mean, him for another seven, hours, I was going to
4: so. say, unfortunately, we have had to do what? <laughs> like two going on now, three and four projects today we, for we the last 24. S- I just. I am tired dude, of him. You, you know am. how you you know how you it. love your mama, but you wish you could just like go to the other side of the house and she would just leave you alone for an extended period of time. That's that's just really what's going on right he is now. He like, so, like this little brother that you just can't get off your back. You're like, hey, man, let me live my life. And he won't let you live his life. He's like that bald, creepy uncle with the scar
2: Like, woman. you know, that, that loves Yo. to bring stuff up. <laughs> that loves Yo. to bring, that loves on to this bring this stuff
4: up. That <laughs> <on laughs> Exactly. if you get the vibe of, that
2: we're interviewing a band on their comeback tour I mean, where they don't seriously. really want to like, be around each other, except for when they're on stage. Like, they have <laughs> very separate
0: Very in the hood behind the music. Like, <laughs> this is very that. This is very that. Um, but the one thing is great about having both of you here, even though it might be a bit of a marital counseling session, is the fact that we're going to be talking about a film that both of you feel very passionate about. We have invited Mark into our little Negro spiritual today. This is our version of Black History Month. <laughs> It's the truth. I'm glad he made he got the invite. Not to the cookout. This is oh. more of like a little tidbit. So we'll we'll see how he fares by the end of it later. Yeah, is there a, a wristband
2: bit. I need to wear in case anybody asks me what I'm doing yeah. here?
0: Like just yeah. be like, I belong. I was invited. Yeah, but it actually <laughs>
3: says Sounds of Blackness, I believe, yeah. on it. It's from the 90s. What's the name of the Yeah. Sounds of Blackness. Yeah. Remember, I believe that yeah. I
0: believe. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we can, if we can get Mark the drip of the the um uh, the Bengals quarterback. If we can get him a little bit of that drip, little he'll be all right. Drip. Yeah, a little Burrow <laughs> drip. That'll be all right. Um, but hey, look, this group obviously has opinions about this. I think I may be the only one that's actually a fan of this series, or at least of the Transformers movies. But like, who, which one of y'all is the biggest Transformers fan? Not the movies, but like, fan of who they are and what I, they do. That would be
3: me because I'm actually older. I have more experience and I've experienced more life and I actually have more fun in my life as opposed to my co-host. That creepy <laughs> uncle who's always trying to what up you. That's, that's I wasn't He's like. a sheltered child, so this is what happens. You oh have to God. tell Winston about something now, and he'd be like, oh my God, I never saw that black movies, for instance. But like, I just recently re-watched the whole Transformers series, G1, on like all the different things that's available to be all them we've watched the original movie you know the animated movie so like I've always loved this so when they said that they were doing a live action movie I was like yes let's do this and then I saw it and I was like I want to fight people just because
0: you just want to fight people just because Mm -hmm,
3: because I was so angry I was so (laughs) angry I was just like this don't make no sense
0: no I feel you
4: Creepy uncle with conspiracy theories about how people try to ruin his childhood. So he wants to fight them for no reason. Like, I, I tried to warn y'all at the start of this show. Uh, <laughs> this boy get
5: a haircut d-
0: two
3: weeks ago and he's still going to keep talking. OK, come oh, on. Oh, my
0: Lord. Um, I mean, I, I guess that we're going to go ahead and say you, Jay. Um, did you gentlemen own toys? Did y'all have them? Mm-hmm
3: hmm What you mean, uh, did I? I? was about to order one two days ago off eBay. I saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw a pretty cake. I was like, I need dude. Like, he's one of the... Oh, man. Oh, well, no. the, the,
2: the real question, though, is did you own toys at a time in your life when it was still considered acceptable to open the toys and actually play with them? Yes, because that's yes. those are the Transformers that I grew up with. And so the 86 animated movie, I'll never forget. My dad took the day off work, took me and my brother to go see it. And the movie traumatized a lot of folks because Optimus Prime eats it. But mm-hmm. it didn't bother me and my brother nearly as much as it bothered my dad. Because we were, like, upset, and so we're leaving the theater. My dad's like, we took off work so I could take the kids to the movie only to see the hero die. What kind of world are we living? In? Oh,
5: man. I mean,
4: I, you know, I, I I I haven't seen the OG movie, uh, but I've watched all the OG cartoon because uh, they they that's what they would do is they would give you the new, new Saturday morning cartoon, like the Sonic, the Hedgehogs, the reboots but they would plug in some stuff that had already wrapped up. So they would throw in the transformers. But my favorite by far was beast Wars. I was hoping we were going to move towards beast Wars Mm. as these films went on. And then I started watching the films and I was like, let's move away from beast Wars. Let's not also ruin my childhood. Like apparently the OG movie did Mark Ellis and his brother.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, so uh, (laughs) it's so funny. I have a feeling I already know, but I'm going to go ahead and start this way. Jay, Sir, is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about Transformers? Really quickly.
3: Nope, not at all. Not at Correct. all, it should actually be lower. Let's keep going, all right, keep
4: moving.
0: Ugh, Winston, sir, come on. No, no,
4: they're not wrong. 58's like a good number, uh, I, I like that. I mean, you could go with the straight fitty-fitty if you want, but 58's perfect where it's at. We don't need to move from
0: there. <sighs> Mr. Mark Ellis, please. Help me. I'll
2: say that 58 is a little. I can get this movie to fresh because if we're talking about the first Michael Bay Transformers movie that launched this insane franchise that made a lot of really bad movies, just this first one on its ear is not a terrible film, especially when you compare it to the other sort of toys like, you know, dude saying I grew up with this movies that were coming out around that time. It's nowhere near as good as what the audience score would suggest. It's nowhere near 85 percent, but I can get this movie to fresh, Jacqueline, just the first First
0: one. <laughs> Just the first one. Uh, I can definitely get this movie to fresh. I would put it just shy of Certified Fresh. It is problematic. Boots down. I'm not going to pretend it. (laughs) I love this movie. And Rotten Tomatoes is hella wrong. And it's its ugly cousin steps children is the reason why this one, which is greatness, (sighs) has been drugged down. Because this film was fresh. And I will tell the tale because when I started at Rotten Tomatoes, this film sat at 63% on the tomato meter. And... It is progressively through these various iterations, and as more people begin to despise Michael Bay and do like rewatches of his entire body of work, that is bringing down our average. It's not fair. It started as fresh. I just want everyone to know that. So Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. And how am I going to be the voice of reason and fandom in this conversation? I got I you never back, am. Jacqueline. Oh, no, 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 the no, no. The no. Oscars I, girl no, 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 is going no. to be this person today. Okay.
4: Jacqueline, yeah. Jacqueline, we both speak from a fandom point of view, which is part of the reason why this movie needs to be rotten. Don't Thank don't you. play these games don't and try to twist this, the, the narrative, guess, ma'am. Don't do this, ma'am. We <laughs> don't
3: understand why this movie should have been way better. Let me tell you something. The fact he didn't, you know what I'm saying, you had Megatron couldn't be a gun?
0: Megatron was always a gun. Like, listen. It, listen. The three-time Oscar-nominated Millions at the box office genius that is this original Transformers. I will not allow this aggression to stand, but oh, make we sure you will... Mention
3: what it's nominated for. Mention what it's nominated for. Don't you do this. Don't the like it's greatest for... best
0: picture ever. Listen, let's... <laughs> 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 let's go ahead and get Mark, please. Before we get into y'all getting on your soapbox, sir, can you please give me the synopsis of Transformers so we know exactly what food we are about to eat?
2: I would be happy to, Jacqueline, if for no other reason, because this allows us all to put up our blinders to your Revenge of the Fallens, to your Dark of the Moons, to your the Last Nights, and just focus on this one movie, this one film that features the Witwickies. And yes, I didn't open with robots because the movie kind of prefers humans over robots, which is a point of contention for sure. But the Witwickys are Sam, who is played by Shia LaBeouf, and he's got a great, great granddaddy who was one of the first explorers to the Arctic. And wouldn't you know it, Archie, his great, great grandpa, found a thing called an AllSpark, or at least a robot that wanted to find the AllSpark. And what the AllSpark is, is... A all-powerful device that both the Autobots and the Decepticons, who are the two factions of Transformers, are desperately searching for. The Decepticons want the AllSpark because they want to rule the galaxy with an iron fist. The Autobots want it because they want to help maintain peace. So basically, the AllSpark is like if your preferred political party has the House and the Senate and the presidency. It's like you get to do everything <laughs> yeah. you want. So we're both looking for this thing. And now because Sam Witwicky's related to the guy who once upon a time discovered some robot stuff... Now all the robots are searching for him in modern day, and we have to hide the robots from sight because they don't want to be seen by humans, but they also have to work with Sam, who happens to have one of the Autobots driving him and Megan Fox around town. That's Bumblebee. So we have Optimus. We have Megatron. We have Bumblebee. We have a lot of great Transformers popping into this movie and a whole lot of humans and a lot of jokes. There's a lot of comic There's relief a in lot this movie, Jacqueline. And yes. as a comedian, I will say it is those jokes that take this movie from a super fresh film down to just smelling some <laughs> rottenness. But I still have your back. You and I can be the Autobots today. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> I love Mark's synopsis of this movie
3: because this literally sounds like what a drunk, a drunk frat bro at a bar would tell you. Like, yo, tell me about Transformers, dude. Listen, it's robots, <laughs> right? And so there's this all spark. They don't mm-hmm. know what it is. It's just that bots and Decepticons. That was the literal description of this movie, and it was perfectly on point. Like,
0: mm. mm-hmm. listen, there's a lot to be said specifically about Ratchet and Jazz. Listen. Yes. Oh, my God. There's <laughs> a lot to be said about this movie. Not even going to pretend that I'm all of it is going right. to be positive. Ratchet what's and Jazz.
3: What's up, y- little bitches? Y'all, I'm
5: y'all gonna
0: ain't pop, never going to see the Gates here, of Heaven son. for that. Y'all ain't never going to see the Gates of Heaven for those two. <laughs> I'm sorry. But before we get into all that, let's go ahead and toss it over to Tim Ryan for two minutes with Tim so he can let us know what the critics thought of Ratchet and Jazz, because I, I'm sure they had thoughts.
1: <laughs> Two the Transformers movies are among the most critically maligned of all the big-budget franchises, but things started out on reasonably solid footing in 2007. Sure, a lot of critics derided the thin script and were divided over whether the action scenes were loud and exciting or simply loud. But there was also more than a little praise for the cast, which included up-and-comers Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, and Josh Duhamel. Transformers is rotten, but at 58% with 227 reviews, and it does have an 85% audience score. And here's a super quick rundown on the other movies in the franchise. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is rotten at 20%. Transformers Dark of the Moon is rotten at 35%. Transformers Age of Extinction is rotten at 17%. Transformers The Last Night is rotten at 15%. And the spinoff Bumblebee is certified fresh at 90%. But what did the critics have to say about Transformers back in 2007? In a rotten review, Tom Charity of CNN.com wrote, The illusion is shattered whenever the bots start talking or the action stops. Director Michael Bay tries to gloss over the infantile plot, but it would take a lighter, wittier touch to square the movie's pedestrian script. However, in a fresh review, Richard Roper of Ebert & Roper said, It's a big, cool, dopey, noisy, nonstop action powerhouse. It's also too long by a half hour and it left my ears ringing, but it's a lot of fun. The Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus reads, while believable characters are hard to come by in Transformers, the effects are staggering and the action is exhilarating. So that's Transformers. Let's kick it back to Jacqueline and Mark, who are more than meets the eye, but are not robots in disguise. At least as far as I know, anyway, I haven't seen them in a while. Back to you folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he hasn't seen yeah. my new animatronic arm. <laughs> it's beautiful it wears you and He's, you wear uh, it I've seen that I'm just kidding no sorry Tim I have not developed uh, Autobot capabilities in, in, the, in the pandemic but let's go ahead and break down this movie ladies and gentlemen I'm going to fight the good fight for the Transformers so Brian, <laughs> cue the music alright Winston listen <laughs> I know But what was the scene that made you be like, because I know when you first saw this, like, well, first of all, when did you first see this? But I'm sure when you first saw this, you were going into it hopeful, I would hope. I don't know. Break it down for me.
4: I mean, you're talking 07. So uh, I'm in the middle of college. I want to say this came out summer 07. So I, you know, just finished my freshman year, uh, you know, excited about Transformers. I feel like I took a date to go see Transformers. And then I was embarrassed I took a date to go see Transformers just in the sense that I thought some of the designs were kind of whack. I I remember the Transformers being like, like hella robots on hella robots. And we got a, like kind of a standard basketball five on five lineup. I don't remember seeing this many humans that I had to interact with. Like it was always just the one or two kids that were hanging out with them, not an entire army. Um, And (laughs) Anthony Anderson, like I wasn't really ready for all of that. And I understand that we kind of jack into movies through people that we can relate to. So I don't have a problem with having Sam Witwicky and kind of having like he's trying to impress a girl type scenario. I think that's a lot of fun stuff like that. But I feel like you really got away from what made Transformers great robots, disguises, vehicles, you know, kind of doing the dang thing. We spent a lot of time with conspiracy theorists and parents being drunk and talking about earthquakes i, I and, and masturbation. Like, I don't. What, It just—it was too much. We weren't focused on why we were here. And Megatron 2-some hours into the film? Come on,
0: man. (laughs) Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
1: Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay
4: here forever.
1: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
0: <sighs> okay, uh, Mr. Mark Ellis, sir, when did you... Was this a Schmozno Watch...
2: Ironically, Transformers was not a schmoes, no review because we hadn't started the show yet. But that's kind of the thing that Christian and I were like hanging out at comedy clubs and like kind of talking about Transformers, this movie coming out. So we saw the movie together Uh, and I don't know if Jay was with us because Jay and I were kind of ships passing in the night Mm -hmm. around that time. Like we'd see each other at the Laugh Factory or like the comedy union or something like that. And so it was like eight comics all went to go see Transformers because we were all those prototypical like boys who grew up playing with Transformers. So we want to go see this movie. We're super excited. And I will say that I agree with Winston's point that once you continue to get muddled down in the humanity of this movie, it does lose its steam. And so I was loving this movie. (laughs) For a good, I don't know, 45 minutes. And and the comic relief was working for me for a while. If you want to say that the comic relief is the parents, or it's Anthony Anderson, or it's John Turturro, whoever it is, it's like, great, they can be the comic relief. But when you put all of them into one movie together, it sort of takes away from the fun of the robots in disguise, which is, again, why I'm paying to see the movie, because the name of the movie is not a bunch of open micers running jokes. The name of the movie is Transformers. And so I want to see more of that. But the other point I'll make to Jacqueline's defense is that I do think this movie's fresh because, wow, do those robots look awesome. The special effects still hold up. And a great example of that is when we first get the reveal of Optimus Prime in his full glory. And he's looking down and and it's the voice and you just hear the power and the leadership emanating from this pickup, this semi rig. And it's like, wow, this is the movie I came to see. So there's enough of those moments, Jacqueline, to get me to fresh with this movie.
0: That's fair, Uh, Jay. Do you have a moment in which you lost it, or better yet, let me get ask you this: Is there a moment in the film that you're like, okay, it's stupid, but I like this?
3: Well, Tyrese, um, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: we hungry. Sorry, wrong film. Wrong film. (laughs)
5: <laughs> what the man? What the man? Man! <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, man left yeah. cheek. Left. Left <laughs>
3: cheek. Left, left <laughs> cheek. What are you serious? Like? I, I need a credit card.
5: what for you, want Pocket. Which pocket? My black pocket. You got that back pocket. Left cheek. Left cheek. Left cheek. I
3: can shoot. Between that and it also again uh that I will agree real quick the the visual effects when you first see the very first Decepticon that comes on the base and the first time you see him transform you're like okay this is dope but then you start hearing the names and that's what made me mad cuz Scorponok is not a little scorpion that mm-hmm. comes out of somebody's back. Yeah. Devastator is not a bulldozer. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is happening? And so it started losing me. And again, I'm with Winston. You only gave me five on five like a basketball team. This movie is about a race of robots. If you watch the first episode of the regular Transformers cartoon, it is 18 Autobots sitting there next to Teletran 1. You get five, and I got to hear Optimus Prime tell me, my bad. After he steps on some flowers, I was done. I was done. <laughs> when Optimus Prime said, my bad, I was like, What? <laughs>
0: They nah. watched TV. And at oh, yeah. that yeah. That's time, how we learn.
3: Yeah. How do we learn? You're World Wide Web Reruns of <laughs> color <laughs> is absolutely
0: what those kids watched. I know it was like, why are y'all acting simple? I know that's what they watched. I know that's what they watched. and Y'all are just being obtuse right now. That Your is not fair. Your whole
2: personality fair. was based on homie, the clown.
4: <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> that's what jazz was based off. off that makes sense.
2: You know,
5: Mom wanted me to ground you. You're three minutes late.
2: Right? Oh well, just another thing you did for me, Dad. Because you're such a swell guy. One more thing. Huh? All right, I love you. Mm-hmm. Sleep good, handsome man. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, watch the path. Watch the path.
3: Watch the path, please, please, please. No, no. Wait. no, no, no. Oh,
4: no. Oops. Sorry,
1: my bad. Oh God.
3: You could, you could wait for five. You could wait for five minutes. I told you, just, just stay. Just
2: stay. But even that Jazz, stuff don't gets. Don't play that. Even that stuff just gets so much worse as the movies progress. And so this one was sort of like a gateway drug to to all of that. But again, like like my biggest problem, Jacqueline, with the first movie was was just all of these different comic reliefs like, coming together as one. And it's like, that just, to me, felt overbloated in the... Ro- like, if this movie was overbloated with too many robots fighting each other, I'd be like, well, it's what I paid to see. But I, I just felt like I, I was maybe sold on a slightly different movie.
0: Mm. I mean... I think this is one of the reasons why I like this one is I didn't have the emotional connection to Transformers that other kids did. I didn't watch it not have Mm, toys or whatever. I like Transformers, but it was not in that like, cause that was just back in the day where like Transformers came on G.I. Joe, Transformers and then it would Jim Jim, and My Little Pony. And that was me. I was like, the boys can do what they got to do for the first hour of back to school. I'm going to kick that second hour with Jim and My Little Pony and like that was like the divide back then and that was you know that's why it's kind of crappy now that you know they still make those divides with young kids interests in toys because that's like why the i would say there's a lot more young men that are into transformers and there's a lot more women that this movie may have been the first thing we did so it was smart i do think it was smart for them to add more people to it winston you went on that date trust me she said yes because she thought the idea of that trailer was better if they would have made the Transform movies that you wanted to go shoot, she wouldn't have went with you. She went because uh,
3: he was light-skinned with a baby win. face. Have you seen it without his mustache and <laughs> beard? She went with a light-skinned dude that was baby
4: face. That's what that was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably would have been okay one way or the other. But, you know, I hate wow. I, I just it's it's one of those things that like, because a, I could have always taken her to something like knocked up. It was it was that kind of summer, and you know, the, there's a lot of really great films out there. I think what got me is, again, I don't have a problem with the love story. I don't have a problem. Like, again, there were always the teenagers kind of hanging out with the Transformers to be like, okay, well, we'll help you out however we can, Optimus. Like, that's that is kind of standard. I'm here for that. That's totally fine. I think what my problem just became is, once again, the, the actors that play Shia LaBeouf's parents are actually very funny. Anthony Anderson, I think, is hysterical. It's that, like Mark said, you're getting too many voices. I don't need 20 comic reliefs. I don't need to spend time talking about the dog's pain pills and, like, you want drugs, kid? Huh? You want drugs? You want my gun? Go for my gun. Go on. Come on. Take it. Like, I I didn't know what movie I actually came here to watch is kind of the problem. Um, And, and when you throw that in with the fact that Starscream is probably one of my favorite Transformers, and they made him look... Like some reject geometric shape, yeah. <laughs> like that that got thrown okay. in
0: with the little chrome chrome on him. I, come on, man! But the, okay, remove for what you thought. Okay, so you don't think that in its abstract, that's still a cool design. Or are you just saying the design is not what you expect? It's still cause that's the thing. I liked
4: the design of the other transformers. I personally just did not like his design. I thought that he was too just geometric and and i know that you have the wings on him from the og cartoon and whatnot but there was still something cool looking about him i i literally felt like i was watching a a, a new flavor of dorito trip like fly out and attack people like it was mm-hmm. just very weird for me
0: uh, so. <laughs> so mark you like the cgi for sure and yes it was sound design and visual effects that it was nominated for sir mr jay washington so but they're
2: cool. They're really cool. The sound design in this movie is next level. Okay, I would never take that away. That is amazing. Some of the coolest sound effects Uh and they get Uh so many different sort of Uh electronic voices, but also some humans doing those voices. I think at least in the sequels, the lead singer of Faith No More, Mike Patton, is actually making some of those like electronic noises with his mouth. It's like it's really cool when you see the behind-the-scenes stuff on it. So yes. all of that, and I will always apologize for An- Anthony Anderson in this movie. Why? Because he supports the Washington football team who's now the Washington Commanders. He's wearing a Clinton Portis <laughs> jersey. He's got his keys and a necklace that is Washington. So I will root for Anthony Anderson in this <laughs> movie. And John Tertur is such a great actor that it upsets me that when he shows up, it's just like another comedic force. But uh, Jacqueline, like watching this movie, Shia LaBeouf really doesn't do it for me in this film because he's just his paranoia or his nerves or whatever. I understand feeling like that in high school, especially around someone who is like Megan Fox, but it it was it was almost too much for me to make him the lead character because he's so jittery and just so like he he drank 19 Baja blasts right before he was <laughs> he was in every scene. And he's just like hey. so like there it, are-
0: it's There are robots the size of houses running around. What do you want him to be, calm, cool, and collected? Son. He
3: calls the police when Bumblebee drives off on his own. He, and he chases Bumblebee on a bike. My, my car's been stolen. You're like, bro, for real? For real? This is what we gonna do? You just can't, you gonna chase the car? I'm following, I'm in pursuit? Again, there's certain things that just get too much. It's like it's no longer believable
5: about like, it.
4: Lord. No, I'm right there with you, and Mark, you do have a point. He did have too much Baja Blast while trying to play Xbox with certain two robots, which driving his Chevrolet while someone else <laughs> drove a GMC, while someone else was dealing with Coca-Cola. Like, I, I yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on the Nokia, you know, was out was here a like, giant you know, the commercial. way of the Samurai. Time, like, I-
0: <laughs> time out though. Let me tell you about what I think is one of the coolest moments really quickly. First of all, when Megan is like sitting on Shia's lap, it's like, well, the car drives. And she's just like, well, if he can change into anything, why does he change into this beat up car? And then they go on the wheels and it becomes the cool Camaro. And the music plays as it pulls up and he's just like, are you going to get in the car? Come on, son. You know what I don't understand? Hmm. Why, if he's supposed to be like this super-advanced robot, does he transform back into this piece of crap? Come here.
3: Yeah! Oh,
4: see, no. Get, no, that doesn't work.
3: See? Right now? See?
1: Fantastic. Now you pissed him off. That car is sensitive. I mean, $4,000 just drove off.
2: Yeah, like,
0: come on, that is so cool. There are some moment. dudes I know that was cool. for a fact, they're like, yes, this is exactly why I'm taking you to this date movie. That is so smooth. Yeah, but they, they didn't I'm try the Camaro. Exactly. Well, they yeah, didn't but try that they the Camaro. Out. <laughs> they're getting the residual smooth from the moment. Listen, as a girl that lo- lives for American muscle, my very first car was a Dodge Challenger and like dream of that. That was the coolest moment in the world. And I will have to admit, I'm a huge fan of American muscle cars. So the fact that it was a Camaro, yeah. I'm, I'm down. Like the car wins already, just for that fact. And it should have stayed the '70s version. Fact.
3: I also say this one thing too. We need to, re- we need to acknowledge the late great legend and icon yes. that is in this movie.
5: Yeah, for, Bernie for Mac. five minutes. I mean, for for seriously. Yeah.
3: Hey, man come get your cousin.
0: Come put the hammer and made this out, baby. Yeah, this car <laughs> is logo. <laughs> <laughs> 1, 000. Four thousand, four thousand. Also, the 5. dad was so funny. Um, on the car situation. I remember that like lack of car situation. I got my, like got my car. I got a car very late in the, in Texas, if you don't have a car by 15, you're behind.
5: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you right. <laughs> I was right. darn near you're out right. of the
0: house before my mom finally let me drive around the block. It was bad. It was so bad. Looks <laughs> like, I think if I didn't go to school 10 hours away, she wouldn't have even tried. But let, let's talk a little bit about Shia because he does get a bad rap in these movies, but I don't think it's Shia's fault. Look, Shia's got a lot of fault, but we know the kid can act. We know it's in his capability. He's been in performances. He's been in roles where people can know that he acts. I think Michael Bay said, crackhead, dialed up to four.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It's not a 10, but it's definitely
0: four-level crackhead. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think
2: think with someone who, like, once you see the breadth of Shia LaBeouf's talent past Transformers, then you see you can look back and say okay this might have been the director who again by this point in his career michael bay had made gigantic movies he had the yeah. rock mm-hmm. he had armageddon which there's a funny nod to armageddon in this movie he yeah. did pearl harbor he'd done bad boys he had done a lot of things and he had that reputation by this point too of being sort of an onset onset tyrant so if you are shia with and you're just this is your first huge blockbuster you're coming off like what disturbia and yeah. the, the the Project Greenlight movie, you're like, OK, I'm just going to play with wh- whatever this guy gives me. And so I understand him and Megan Fox just kind of being good soldiers. And, and also say I, I thought Megan Fox is great in this movie, despite the fact that Michael Bay thought he was making a Cisco video with her. Girl. I think it's really nice that they are giving her the role of being like a gearhead.
0: Yeah. At least they I wrote that character that well. with a little bit more than just the object of affection. They filmed right? her like an object of affection. Oh, sure. Oh, every, like, meets every time you saw her. Girl. And I, I mean, look, hey, look, I remember at the time being like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. Her casting, Megan, is always interesting too, because for folks that don't know, I think it was Bad Boys 2 when they're in the club. Uh, Megan was an extra that day on yes, set she was. as 15. And Michael Bay was like, we want to have a wet t-shirt concert with her. And everyone was like, she's a minor.
5: <laughs> Please don't do that.
0: Um, and so instead, they like, did an upskirt shot of her dancing. But Michael Bay was kind of obsessed with her after that movie. Literally talks about it. He was just like, I was so obsessed with her. She was so pretty and and vibrant. And I knew she was the girl that teenage boys would want to fall in love with. I was like, but you saying it like that as a 50-year-old man is creepy. So he casts her in this one. And what's really crazy about this is... This was at that time where like this was the move, like you wanted to get into these bigger movies. It isn't like it is today where you have like people like Robert Pattinson who will bounce between the Batman and good time. Or you have people like, you know, Dakota Johnson is going to do a Spider-Man movie now and she just did a string of like 10 indies, you know, or or you have Timothy Chalamet making Dune and, you know. You know, getting it on with a peach and call me by your name. Like that, this is a more fluid time in that. Folks were either big budget movie stars or you were TV people or you were independent film, but they didn't really cross like that the way they do now until you got to like Tom Cruise level and you could do whatever you want. So she got really pigeonholed and I really feel bad for her because I, I do think that anybody that young having that kind of worldwide attention is just not good for you. I mean, if Britney Spears can teach us, Jay, what do you think about Megan? I mean, I agree.
3: She did get, she got caught in a really bad situation with this. Especially how come the third, by the time you get to the third movie, she's fired off the project now. You know what I'm saying? You get to the third one and then you can see how she's treated in the first two movies. Especially in this one, like you said, all her shots are really just over-sexualized glamour shots of her. Every single time the camera is on her. It's never a camera on her. Again, this is supposed to be more of a story about the humans more than the robots, but it's not just a human shot at her. You know, you get regular shots at John Turturro, Sam woodwicky at Sam's parents, Anthony Anderson, all the rest, and Rachel Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to Megan Fox, like you said, you get these music video, sexy babe, here's a bikini car wash shots every single time. And it's like, this doesn't fit in the rest of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did. Again, I also like that she was a bit of a gearhead. But even in men, it's it's what's really funny is we've come to re-examine uh, this whole idea is I'm not like other girls is another form of girls being basic AF. And this was very much of that time. It's like, well, I'm not like other girls. I like sweats and T-shirts and da da da. that makes me better than the girls that like uh, nails and things. It's like that's what this is about. You know what I'm saying? And I, I that Megan Fox's was the epitome of that. You know what I mean? I, it's like dating yeah. a boy with boobs is what these guys wanted at the time.
4: Well, no, and 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 and, it, and and I also feel that like while I do like you said appreciate they at least gave her something with a little more depth, like her record and, and being a gearhead and all that kind of stuff, that also was just a smokescreen to then as well as the uh the other actress to be the 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 hacker, Rachel uh, Taylor. that is yeah. Rachel Taylor exactly, excuse me, Rachel Taylor. But then that was a smoke screen so that you could have a transformer jump over one woman, just like no, like like that. There's a lot of that happening where it's kind of like, um, I think you did all the rest of this, <laughs> so you just could so do you that. you have that one moment. Mm, yeah, hey, look, yeah. you
2: had this to. It, it, if wasn't you to written look at by this, Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, if you had to look at this cast and say, okay, who am I? Who am I drafting from this movie to start on my team to competently handle? The scenario that's playing out with all these machines crashing on Earth. Megan Fox and Rachel Taylor it might be my first two draft picks simply because they have cool heads throughout mm-hmm. this movie. They're more mm-hmm. level headed and they're just about ooh. getting the mission done. Oh, John Voigt, because we
3: found out how he really feels afterwards. And you were like, yep, this checks. This checks. You found out how he was. And then you were like, you know what? Him being a secretary of defense was like, this is, this is a national emergency. And then you're like, you hear lady, you're like, yeah, okay.
0: Everything was in order. Got
2: it. Jay, Got it's it. It's a, it's a well-known fact that John Boyd had no idea he was in a movie. He no, he was exactly. actually no.
0: the Secretary of Defense. That was such a check for John Boyd. Like, in fact, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and assume there was a lot of checks for this one. Also, the three screenwriters on this are Robert Orchie, Alex Kurtzman, and John Rogers. John Rogers was the man who brought us Catwoman. And, <laughs> and Alex Kurtzman, however, uh, they were involved in like the Star Wars, uh, Star Trek series uh, re- reboot. That, uh, but he, you know, like their producers turned writers. I, I will put it to you that way, or writer turned producers. So, I'm not surprised that maybe the female characters are underwritten, considering it is a trifecta. Oh, sorry, four person trifecta writing team, and then adding in Michael Bay on top of it. Again, not. I don't know if they're the ones on top of it, but. Michael Bay, this was his second highest rated film for a very long time behind The Rock. And I think now uh, the one with John uh, Krasinski, where he plays Michael Bay, that Are one's a Are you talking about 13
2: hot. Hours, the greatest action film Yeah, 13 hours. of the post-millennium yeah. era?
0: That is very much Michael Bay fulfilling his wish fulfillment of like, yeah, this is my last chance of looking as hot as somebody like John Krasinski. So let me make him look cool for this last movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I loved 13 Hours and I think I loved it so much in part just because it was Michael Bay doing what I enjoyed Michael Bay films from the start like the bad boys and the rock and stuff like that and then you you have this angle in this movie. And I'm sure, cause, uh, cause especially Winston, like this might've been your movie that our, our guy, Eric, who wanted us to talk about this movie today, where you have that film when you're a teenager and you see this thing from your childhood and you also see a very attractive, many attractive females on screen. It's like, that's your, that's your sort of sexual awakening. And you're mm. like, oh, this is, this is it. it. I was already past that point. Because if if you were to pin a movie, you, you can really tell how I function in relationships by the movies that were, quote, my sexual awakening. Because I got three. I got Adventures in Babysitting with Elizabeth Shue. I okay. got okay. White Men Can't okay. Jump with Rosie Perez. Okay. And I got Boomerang with Robin Givens. Those are like the three. And and those are all women that are very uh, in Howard control the duck. of their relationships. Howard so the when duck I show up to relationship,
4: yes, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mark. <laughs> my my sexual awakening is a little more embarrassing. It's the uh, bathing suit shopping scene from The New Guy uh, with DJ wow. Qualls and Eddie <laughs> Griffin and Elijah Dusu. Um but it is what it is. Ribi, Ribi. Who the biatch now? That oh whole, my god! yeah.
0: I forgot about that movie. That was in that like, Malibu's Most Wanted. Yes it That's was. That's my baby's mm-hmm. daddy. Right. Not my Not baby me. daddy, my baby's daddy, which you knew, I'm like, this is a problem. <laughs> 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 this is a problem. <laughs> Like y'all ain't even getting the like culture vulture language right. Like you know, this is <laughs> my bad.
3: baby's apostrophe.
0: Why oh, apostrophe? Why? So <laughs> it was so bad. I, we haven't talked about them, but we, then we need to give them their day. Since we're talking about culture vultures, it's probably a good thing to go ahead and do it. Jazz and Ratchet.
3: Oh. What's up, little bitches? What's up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, yo, this
3: looks like a good spot to sit, sit down. Right.
0: <laughs> you know what's really funny? Do you want to know who's the voice of Jazz? Do y'all want to know who this is?
3: Super uh, Darius McCrary.
0: Girl, this. Eddie Winslow from (laughs) Family (laughs) Matters sold us out for that role. But you know what? I hope he got a good check. I'm not going to blame him for that. I mean, he get residuals
3: off of the first few. You got to think about it.
0: You know, like, I hope he's getting his his love. But I, I will just tell you without question, I was like, why? why did they do this? That's the part that the second time around, I was like, mm, they really didn't need this. Like, you want to it, talk about what they didn't need? They didn't need that. They but did Jacqueline, not it need wasn't
3: that. Even, It wasn't even a voice at first. Let us not forget, when this Mark transformed, he was breakdancing. He, he break he breakdanced <laughs>
4: right onto a car. Car. And goes. Who is? I... See the pro. See, here's the other problem, and I know that we're just talking about this specific movie, but we got to talk about the ripple effect. For some reason, they thought that that was so dope, they decided to double down with I the twins in the bad. next movie. I know they went Yeah, like they doubled down. <laughs> like that's so. So that that to me adds to. I know we got to focus on the movie that we physically saw last night at 9 p.m. to make sure we were ready to rewatch. You know, have the refresh. Like, mm-hmm. but. I, You are setting us up for failure. That's the problem. On top of the fact that the one black Autobot, you just gonna merc? And you're going to have Megatron rip him in half? Like, like
0: it was, and it was really <laughs> rough. It, it felt very like a video on YouTube. You're like, oh, I didn't want to see this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it very much felt like, like, you're feeding through and somebody, like, shows them like, this is a murder. No. Um, it very much felt like that. It very much felt like that. He didn't that. have
3: to go like that. Like, he did really
0: like, didn't have to go like Man that. Megatron could have shot him. He didn't have to just.
3: <laughs> no, we're going to make sure we get rid of the black one real quick. <laughs> 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 I'm but tired like, of all of your culture
0: like, it's just... <laughs> we've already talked about John Turturro We've already talked about Rachel Taylor, Anthony Anderson And then also um, uh, The late great Bernie Mac But I have to give it up for Mr. Patel Ravi Patel, who plays the customer service Operator, first of all, if you're going to have To do a patang oh, my for God. folks That don't know, <laughs> that is an awful South Asian stereotype where they Basically make these folks put on an affectation There's a great documentary called The Trouble with a Pooh" that breaks down how mm-hmm. problematic And awful this is Early in his career, like this guy had already done uh, or was about to do, I think at this point, a Sundance film, Meet the Patels, which is the documentary about his parents. He's like a really incredible filmmaker and actor and writer. And this is the kind of work that he's trying to get. This is a big break for him, but he made the most of that role because that is still one of the most memorable. We talked about Left Cheek, but the many ways he's like, would you like to sign up for our service? <laughs> I'm like, God, man, this guy <laughs> is taking these. Ten seconds where he is the butt of the joke and he is actually making it interesting. He's like, I do not care about you, white man, and your problems.
2: <laughs> you know, I totally forgot that scene existed. And if I could like do what Topher Grace did with a Phantom Menace and like release the Ellis cut of this movie, yeah. I think that might be the scene I take. And and it's it's not because he's not doing his best with what he's given, but it's just such like a stereotype. And it's also like yeah. you like th- this is this is a military operation. You're talking to William Lennox played by Josh Duhamel and you got to go through customer service to get to the Pentagon. (laughs) It's It's
0: awful. It's awful. But you know what? I'm happy for him because trust me, if you don't think that that dude got an agent and a role and whatever off of that, whatever. And then he gets to go on and be a part of Master of None. And I'm just saying just because that was the role he had to take to then get to these other heights, it doesn't mean you can't make the most of it. I
4: I don't disagree with that. But again, this was also just another commercial moment. Uh, sir, we're going to need a credit card. Okay,
0: I got a Visa. Visa here, started with four eight <laughs> one five.
4: Like. Like it Y'all was, can't it even was tell just... the story,
0: though, without laughing about it. It is so weird that on a, a Zoom conversation with three comedians, I have to be the one that's rooting for comedy over anything else. Because there's
3: like... the problem. Here's the problem. Comedy is not a problem, Jack. It's when it's just overly used just in the place of being used. Like, I get it. Okay, you need to make a call. Fine, this sounds like a comedic moment. But it didn't need to drag out as long as it did. There's so <laughs> many. Never forget, when Anthony Anderson, when the FBI, Comes to his crib, right? His, his cousin. cousin get it down. <laughs> he he runs in. through the glass. He runs through the glass. I just stay and play video games. I'm playing video. The man jumps in the pool. What? <laughs> Who like yo? What bro. would a black
0: person do if the police? But y'all, is <laughs> he would definitely not jump in the pool. That is absolutely true. Bro, that was bro. written by a white man. We all know that. Like, let me get away from these flying bullets by jumping in water. But jump
4: in a pool. Well, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Y'all, y'all are misremembering. Come on now he he ran he was so scared that they thought yeah. he had drugs he ran through a a glass door, yes. and then he gets tackled into the pool. He goes, wait, 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 wait. And the FBI just completely takes him out. I, I, oh, then he got Anthony Anderson yelling about
3: his grandmama. What? Yeah. This is the most white yeah. man Get off man my grandmama carpet. Get, yeah. on my grandma, my get
2: carpet. off my grandmama like carpet with your carpet.
0: shoes. Yeah. You got yeah. your shoes on my grandmama carpet? What?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I mean, then that right after that. that was, was that. accurate.
0: That was Anthony's line. That was not a line written by Alex or anyone else. That was <laughs> Anthony. True. I was
2: Anthony. Eating oh, the donuts because they're like, hey, let's get this funny a chubby guy and make sure that he eats all the donuts and so look I, I i'm gonna try to encapsulate this for for jacqueline who does not make a living telling jokes on stage because she's way more too talented for that right here's here's the issue with, with this movie here's what takes this movie from like a 90 fresh for me seeing all hmm. the cool transformers down to like borderline rotten is because if you see and jake can particularly you know kind of back me up here if you see a funny young comedian on stage and you say hey you're really funny you got a lot of talent but then that comedian follows you around and keeps trying out their material on you we (laughs) call it running bits (laughs) the worst thing you can do off stage is running bits and this movie after a while Jacqueline and and it gets worse as a new character like a Totoro shows up it feels like this movie is running bits by you when all I want to do is look at the Transformers and watch them fight
0: You know what, as somebody that loves a joke and will never and will kill it, I, I think that's why this is my movie. If I like a joke, tell it again. I'm sorkin' in that (laughs) way. It was a great line once. You can use it again later. I am very Aaron Sorkin in that. And I will just let you guys sort of, you know, have your moment. As the only woman on this uh, chat this morning, too, about the Transformers, I was surprised. Thank you. Shout out to Mark Hoffmeyer for this information. To learn that, you know, on top of, you know, the franchise grossing billions at the box office, apparently there was a female Transformers. And I guess they cut her to avoid the Smurfette effect. Winston, did you know about this?
4: No, I did not know that they did that at all. Um, uh, that's kind of whack, you know. Just <laughs> let let her get in there, like, like honestly, you could what? you could have made her, you could you could have put her on either side. I would have said put her on the Decepticon side and like let her be the most vicious out of everybody, like because her name would have been Bot. Nope, don't do that. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what wow. makes you think do they wouldn't have done that on the ideas. Autobots, bro? Do I know, don't give him ideas, Jay. Don't give me ideas. What makes you think they wouldn't have done that? They wouldn't have done that on the Autobots. (laughs) Sonequabot, roll out.
2: Like, like, oh. But do Transformers procreate? That's a good question. Do Transformers procreate? How do you make Um, a new Transformer? No, they just,
0: like, break off parts of themselves and, like, incubate it. It's like like Starfish-style. You cut off half and then it becomes big.
3: Also, here's another part how they made Transformers. The thing was about the AllSpark, right? This created all sentient life, all the Transformers. So the AllSpark runs loose in the city, which is supposed runs loose in the city and it's just hitting vending machines and everything, but mm-hmm. every robot it creates is a Decepticon. That and was the one thing. Not
4: one it's it's robot. instantly angry. It's in, Every robot is instantly <laughs> angry. Well, you, and it,
0: uh, <laughs> a vending machine, no, I think it was angry based on what it was. Like a vending machine, they just get pushed, <laughs> give it to me, like a vending machine is very a, transactional. It's minute. probably what? tired. Like I would, I feel like the vending machine was like, why don't they just ask me how my day is going? They just <laughs> shove money in there and ask me to give them things. Uh, you know what I mean? This sounds like
3: another type of transaction. That don't sound like a vending machine. <laughs> like, it sounds like something
5: completely <laughs> of- <laughs> But I can
0: see, in that point, I could see how the soda machine would be a little fed up. And the minute it gets to start moving, starts oh. Oh, wait a minute,
4: come on. Now you don't make you don't turn a Nokia phone into this little death robot, you don't turn an Xbox into a death robot. Like, none of them are like, hey, like dog. as
0: if you guys don't abuse your Xbox,
4: please. I do not. My Xbox and I just chill a lot. Like, I'm surprised that the Xbox didn't wake up and go, Bro, let's go get some Taco Bell and chill. <laughs> like, I, I was, I was like concerned that every single human piece of technology instantly wanted to murder us on top of the fact that i heard the trans uh, not the transformers the uh terminator theme multiple times just kind of sneak into the da 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 and i was <laughs> like so dude we're just this is this is what we're doing now right we're just this this is skynet coming to life because of the all spark also we need to talk about how they murdered that nokia
3: too they nuked
0: yeah, the nokia. Then,
3: They and nuked. And the phone was just trying to live its life He it was like hey man i'm just following orders and they killed him like
0: They microwaved him. I know. That was a shame. The movie starts to
2: spin out of control at the the climactic battle. But there is a lot of great action, at least, that you get away Mm -hmm. from some of the comedy by the end of this. And so, like, I think the redeeming value of this first Transformers movie is that I will say it is by far the best in the entire franchise until we got to Bumblebee. Yeah, because I was just about
0: to say, yeah. Before Bumblebee we get out of here, we have is, to give Bumblebee a little bit of love, yeah.
2: It, it, it's a it's a good movie, but the first, like, eight minutes of Bumblebee that take place, like, at the Transformers' home planet, mm-hmm. that is something special. That yeah. is awesome. That's the entire movie that I want to see.
0: Yeah, is it uh, Travis Scott? What was yes, it it is. Yeah, Travis yeah. Scott did that one? Yeah, no, it, really incredible. Um, it shows, too, that that... Uh, director, the one thing I want to talk about, it said how much not only did he love Transformers, he loved the movies and he wanted to make E.T. with Transformers, which is some of the vibe. Like basically, Transformers works when you make it into E.T. with your Transformers, which is what Bumblebee is. When you try to make it into bad boys with transformers which is what this first one is that's Mm -hmm. where things get i think a little bit whatever it has to go back to that childlike nostalgia like whatever and so if you wanted to sort of put the skin of transformers over any sort of kid-like movie that's a way to go but uh i don't know necessarily if uh that was what they were going for on this one because it it does feel a little bit adult but yeah
4: i mean the, the the best thing that came out of this initial transformers movie honestly is the Linkin Park song What I've Done? Like, if we're just being a thousand percent real, you threw, you threw it in at the end as well to let us know Starscream is going to get back up, you know, or to take over the Decepticons. <laughs> like, you know, you're sitting here kind of belting it while Optimus' sultry voice tells the Autobots will remain on our new planet, Earth. Thank you. Like, I mean, it was, it was. That, that that was the best part of the film, was the ending, for sure. Also, for Optimus is a freeloader,
3: if we really, if we've really <laughs> think about it. Because at the end of the movie, Optimus uh, was like, hey, y'all, I found
0: a new place to kick it. Oh <laughs> it he really did, though. He did, like, he did the thing that we all do. It's like, once you in the party, inviting everyone in. Everybody over, know. like, hey, y'all, come through. And <laughs> hey, hey, that's got free food for everybody. Like, it just... And, ladies and gentlemen, that's how black people are actually going to change stuff. Because, really, that's all it takes. Just get one of us in the room. And we're going to sneak in all of our cousins. And yeah, I'm sorry, but you've been warned.
5: All right. That's it.
0: Come on, fam. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, that's it for movie talk. Let's go ahead and rip open the mailbag. Brian, cue the music. All right, from Ketchup Crew member Whitney Van Sant. Hi, Mark and Jacqueline. First, let me say I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you, Whitney. Uh, I've been down since episode one. Wow, good girl. I haven't been down that long. Just kidding. And (laughs) you quickly become one of my favorite listens. I actually want to get your thoughts on a movie franchise, specifically the Men in Black franchise. I rewatched the movies recently, and I was surprised at the ratings. seems like the first one started off strong, fresh reviews. Second one was pretty rotten. And the third one somewhat redeemed the mostly... Uh, but mostly floated towards fresh and the reboot with Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth was split amongst total critics and audiences. While I really like them, I just could, I think I could just have a Will Smith and Chris Hemsworth bias. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all the great episodes so far. Be well. Whitney, you are sweet. You are so sweet. I have been down since episode one. I'm just kidding. But it's crazy to think about it. We've been doing this for almost 100 episodes. We're going to like,
1: we're like 20 episodes away from
0: 100 episodes, which is insane. And I'm hoping that we can do something very, very cool for that. I mean, I like Men in Black. Uh Jay, I'm sure you do. I don't dislike any of them, honestly, though.
3: I, I think three just really kind of felt weird for people with the whole switch to Josh Brolin, you mm-hmm. know, and then, you know, being the younger K, because we we got so used to or, old Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We got mm-hmm. so used to that J and K relationship and three kind of went. And then when you was like, you were rebooting it. I think people had a different expectation for MIB International.
1: I think Uh, that's what
3: it is. And so it's like, because it didn't live up to that expectation and hype, some people were like, this ain't what I thought. Like everybody loved the number one thing—the nod to Thor with him with the hammer trying to reach out for it and it doesn't come. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The thing that one of those things. But it was different so much. It was the comedic timing of Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. And of course, yes, you put Will Smith and Chris Hemsworth together. Potentially, this movie may just make everybody moist in theaters, men and women. Just yeah. dudes sweating. <laughs> just,
5: <laughs> just
3: oh my god. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> hey,
0: just think. Uh, I feel Men in Black International definitely got uh, shunted with that year. I believe they had like 13 remakes, reboots or whatever. Like oh, it was like God. the year of the remake, reboot, whatever. And there were so many of them and most of them didn't meet the mark. And I think Men in Black, unfortunately, was one of the latter ones of those. And it got very much washed into that, that whole kind of mess. But I still love Tessa. I still love Chris. Uh, mark, you down for Men in Black?
2: Not international. It was just flat to me. It just didn't really move. It just kind of felt like we were going through the motions. Men in Black Three, I can't stand. And the guy is a phenomenal actor. I think that Michael Stuhlbarg is great in everything, but he is his character, the grift, the alien, is so annoying i hated that movie in large part because of the grift men in black 2 is just kind of like men in black international it's like we're just kind of going through the motions first men in black i love it i love the first men in black
0: tommy lee jones no baby it's crying it's raining because you're crying that is like the greatest (laughs) ending it's so cute no baby it's raining because you're crying you're the light it's so cute
2: winston it. it all fell off a cliff after the first one right Um, it did get
4: progressively worse from the first one down, but I honestly would say all of the first three are fresh. They have their flaws, uh, but they're all fresh, um, international. What the real problem is we got to watch Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth as a comedic duo absolutely destroy in Ragnarok. And so the problem was you were trying to, you were trying to capitalize off of that, but you didn't get at the core of what worked. You had Tessa being super sarcastic and in your face. And you had Hemsworth just being a goofball that And love sick.
0: Yeah, and love exactly. sick to her. Like the reason why it worked is she put him on his heels and having them absolutely. both be just so slick didn't like play with that knot. It, no, it did
4: not, it it did not play. And it. it's not it's not that t- what Tessa did in international wasn't great. Uh, as far as like I, I would have been fine with that character, but there wasn't a balance. Neither, yeah. like you said, they were both slick. So
0: yeah. And there's something to be said for certain actors that end up doing movies together a lot that can change the dynamic between them doing movies together, Mm -hmm. like whether they be a couple Mm -hmm. or whatever. Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt is is something like that. Like they can play antagonistic people in a movie in something like Ocean's Eleven or slightly antagonistic, or they can play romantic people in something like The Mexican, and you still believe that, that pairing no matter what. Same thing with like Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, another one. Anyway- Another reminder, folks, uh, for the Ketchup Crew, Hook, if you want us to cover it, email us a video of yourself telling us you why you love it and, to think and, deserve, and think it deserves to have an episode. Email us at Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. We always will take the email, epi- the email suggestions as well. But again, for this particular Hook ask, we're trying to get us done, and it would be really great if we can get videos from you guys. Thank you, Winston and Jay. It's been really fun to chat with y'all today. Thank you for having me, for having me at least. I'd- <laughs> 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 the the <laughs> uncle that
4: just stays and will not leave the ox cable, and midnight, come midnight, <laughs> midnight, <laughs> just gonna be midnight, midnight, one o'clock. Just it's all about him for uh, t- t- hitting on your cousin talking about you don't feel that real nice, little. like oh, that's that's, that's so. I, I do thank you very much, Jack and, and Mark, for having us once again. Uh, us jay uh but but yeah you know Yeah, it was, thank it was you for having time. the both
2: of us we appreciate you, See, all. I, you know, I, I feel like jay's a decepticon and winston is the autobot of this relationship is that accurate yeah.
5: i, I, would, I, would, I right. would
2: feel
4: like bumblebee because i feel like if i don't talk in references that jay's just gonna ignore me
5: uh. and i
0: no. I'm sorry that that hurt really bad just kidding. Ooh, I
3: was
5: like ooh. Ooh. I'm sorry Dad. I do
0: think that's the body blow of the round sorry. it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> this be a very
5: like you special know when somebody gave you the shade
0: so good that you just are like yeah I gotta take that L <laughs>
3: <laughs> just give me that finger like yep yep you, you got that from certain you get that from certain
0: like that dude in the gift being like um, no. Mm. <laughs> Just gotta take it. Uh, Jay, where can folks find you? Anything you want to let them know about?
3: Sure, Twitter and Instagram and Mr. J. Washington, M-R-J-A-Y. You should know how to spell Washington, the Mad Titan podcast I do by myself. Uh <laughs> you can find all, I talk about all the Marvel and DC live action TV shows and movies and blurs in the Hood that I do with this certain person uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We are for the month of February exclusively on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Blurreds in the Hood. But our normal YouTube channel is youtube.com slash blurts in the Hood. And um, yeah, I got A bunch of stand-up shows coming up in and around Los Angeles, outside of LA, and all that. So they'll all be on my social media.
0: All right, Mr. Winston A. Marshall, start what you got.
4: Yeah, you can find me anywhere that Swaggy Blurreds are sold: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday around the 10 a.m. area. Uh, I'm on Twitch. Uh, We kind of use that time not only to play games, but to, you know, set your inspirations for the week, your motivations, all that good stuff. We check in throughout the week while also kind of talking about stuff that's going on in the world. Uh, Obviously, blurts in the Hood, as Jay mentioned, uh, I've been doing uh, these reviews of a lot of these major blockbusters coming out uh, over on the big thing with... uh, this other guy's partner, uh, Mr. Christian Harloff on The Big Thing. Uh, we've been doing Batman recently in preparation for The Batman. So definitely come and check those out. Um, and other than that, I believe that's pretty much it. But, but please, you know, follow uh, Blurds in the Hood on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, and just kind of see what stuff's going on. Because we are planning on doing our very first live show Juneteenth weekend. Black blurs in the hood weekend. Yes, show. No, it's so great. They
0: gave us a national Negro holiday. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the thing. They did it in the midst of like some really awful things. Is when they decided to make Juneteenth a like national holiday, and so I never really got to appreciate it. But like, like understand this, people.
3: They made it start on a Saturday, though. That was the problem. We (laughs) was already (laughs) off work. We was (laughs) already off work when it started. Everybody was like, you might want to make this start on a Tuesday or Wednesday. But
4: but the other problem, Jack, which I'm concerned about is they're going to turn there with Juneteenth, which has always been a huge deal in Texas. I know because you from there, They, Mm -hmm. they. as well, they're about to turn it into jazz and I, I, you know, from Transformers. And I I just don't want that in my life.
0: (laughs) I
3: really
4: don't.
0: Happy Juneteenth,
4: little bitches. In
5: fact,
0: fact, uh, I want both of you to give me a very quick recommendation for a TV or movie show, but I will say, since we're discussing it, everyone please check out Miss Juneteenth, which was directed by Channing Godfrey Peoples, stars Nicole Bahari. And if you want to know a little bit more about Juneteenth, it's a great way to entry yourself into that great Texas culture. Winston, sir, what recommendation you want to give the folks? Um,
4: man, I've been watching a lot of trash TV to just kind of scrub my brain right now. Um, obviously you got the stuff like Euphoria, which is phenomenal. Uh, but I've been out here watching Too Hot to Handle. Yes. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Netflix so show if you so if you really want to, <laughs> if you want to feel really good about yourself, you could like lust for a little bit, but then also go, man, y'all dumb as hell. I cannot recommend you to
0: handle yeah.
5: more. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not saying that to be mean. Like I'm sure they're lovely individuals, but they cut them to look yeah. dumb on TV. Like you are too dumb oh. to keep your hands off of the attractive person standing next to you as the premise for, of
4: the show. For
0: $200,000. And they're they, some gonna, of them are not that smart.
4: You, you'd like, and, and to find out when you get at the end, they're there for only a month. Mm-hmm. And like, they, they keep saying for the summer, for the summer. They're not there for three months, four months having to be around these bodies. It is four weeks. You can't hold out for four weeks for $200,000.
0: I mean, if you look like that, though, let's be honest. They haven't had to hold out for four weeks since they were 12. (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) Like they, They went into teenage years and they didn't have to hold out anymore. Man, you have a point with other teens, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. with adults, I don't know. We get no, your we mind don't. out of the
4: gutter. <laughs> Jesus, you walked into that minefield. I don't know how to get you <laughs> out, girl. Uh, a uh,
3: step, uh, to the man, you have fun with that spaces. one.
0: Listen, y'all dated in middle school. Please, you had your little friend. Why are y'all acting crazy? Why, did you just why sound you like a black white? auntie for real? You she,
3: had your little friend Your <laughs> friend <laughs> in middle
4: school. My real question is. Jacqueline, why are you putting my business out there? In the so <laughs> you don't understand how many Sorry, of my family is my listener. Give listen me a TV this.
0: recommendation before y'all have me on to catch a predator. Go. <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, I'm literally going to go with,
3: with what my co-host said. Too hot to handle because <laughs> they act like eight cameras everywhere that's catching every little thing you do. You can't dry hump undercovers when it's a camera that got night vision. Like if you want to just let your brain go free, Watch too hot to handle, and then all like because again, it, like, what's to say, it's something to take your mind off of all the craziness in the world and everything that we got going on. But know, I, one
4: one more, one more recommendation. I just, I, I don't know why it, it slipped my mind, just because I guess I really did purge my brain. Uh, The Sex Life of College Girls. Yes. Oh my not, god, yes. that show is amazing! Yeah, Mindy Kaling absolutely kills it, and these four actresses that are there, including yeah. Timothy Chalamet's sister, Paul like, Paul in is, like 34. That's like 34 years Timothy Chalamet, old. Timothy
0: Chalamet's sister. She is Pauline Chalamet. I love her. She's an incredible, incredible oh, no, she girl. That. She's, she's too old to
3: be playing a college freshman, though. That's the only <laughs> yeah, she, She's Ooh, like, you're so She's in her so 30s. She's in her late 30s. She looks like she's Ayy. too old to be a college freshman. Y'all no, no, no. Shady the Chalabet the
4: Chalamet family is very youthful. I thought Timothy was twelve, but he's apparently like twenty-three. But like but what's the that difference?
0: Point. Bye. <laughs> Done with y'all. Shading this poor girl. Pauline, you're lovely. That's it for us today again you can find us everywhere podcasts are available please rate subscribe and review along with your friends mark next week's episode can you give me your best impersonation of the infamous voice from this can you do it yeah
2: hang on i gotta finish my application for too hot to handle next season.
5: Just, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, look,
2: I don't need the money so i'll take the nookie but if it doesn't come to pass <laughs> Then I'll be happy to collect an extra $200,000 because I've been going four Mm. weeks stag for a long, very long period of time.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Ooh, and now Mark's letting us in a little bit more information, sir.
2: And if I had to name my next girlfriend, maybe it would be taking after Batman in The Dark Knight Rises, Rachel.
0: (laughs) That's a really Dark Knight, but I think we're doing The Dark Knight Rises. or you could do the Bane one Like That one Like you gotta do that one
2: <laughs> I can't follow that That was Chattles perfect Jack Okay that was really bad
0: That was really bad Please I'm do not I'm very excited to talk that. about That movie next
2: week Where Batman's uh, back Magically heals With a Thermacare wrap After two and a half days <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a great time. Thank you to our dear Love friends uh Winston Marshall, Jay Washington. Shout out to Peter Cohen, the great voice of Optimus Prime, and Kevin Dunn, who is the dad of uh, Sam Witwicky, who's great in Hot Shots and I see him at the dog park that Molly goes to sometimes.
0: Oh, that's super sweet. Nice well, I guess that's I guess that's maybe my dog park too. Anyway, that's it for us this week. We will see you guys next week on Rotten Tomatoes is wrong.